Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this beautiful Lord's Day, which we've been given. We've now come to the fifth Sunday in Lent, that is Utica Sunday, and the, where that word comes from is the first word in the introit. Now, originally it would have said, judge me, O God, but in the translation of the Bible we have it is called, it says, vindicate me, O God, and so that's going to be kind of a central theme that comes up in the readings, especially the gospel lesson this day, as Jesus is falsely accused in the temple and then later vindicated on the cross and in his resurrection. I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin where we have a summary of our readings for the day. In the temple, Jesus said, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. For Jesus came to taste death for us, to drink the cup of suffering to the dregs in order that we might be released from its power. Clinging to his life-giving words, we are delivered from death's sting and its eternal judgment. Christ, our high priest, who entered the most holy place and with his own blood obtained everlasting redemption for his people. He is the one who was before Abraham, Abraham was and yet is his descendant. He is the promised son who carries the wood up the mountain for the sacrifice, who is bound and laid upon the altar of the cross. He is the ram who is offered in our place, who is willingly caught in the thicket of our sin and who wears the crown of thorns upon his head. Though Jesus is dishonored by the sons of the devil, he is vindicated by the Father through the cross. We have the great joy of receiving the fruits of Christ's death and resurrection from his holy table this day as we receive his body and blood in and under bread and wine. And in accord with his word, we do ask that all those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod joining in one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our divine service this day is divine service setting four. And just a note, uh, if you pay att close attention to your bulletin, you'll see that the First Communion hymn is listed as 606. I'll ask you to follow the hymn board up there. It'll be 437 when we come to that First Communion hymn. But again, as I said, it is setting for this day, which begins on page 203. We now sing the first hymn. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people, that we may be governed and, and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his, to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. 
So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Hebrews chapter 9. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. But you have not known Him. I know Him. If I were to say that I do not know Him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know Him, and I keep His word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just before I begin in earnest, a brief note, the blessing that is giving at the beginning of a sermon is like any other blessing which the children of God are given and then receive, and you have the great privilege of saying, Amen, which means, yes, yes, it surely surely shall be so. And so, whenever you hear a blessing from me or any other pastor, We have the great opportunity then to say amen and to receive that with God's blessing. So we'll try that again. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, dear saints, have you ever been falsely accused? It's a terrible thing. Being falsely accused of wrongdoing is very unsettling, especially when the accusation comes from someone close to you. False accusations, they lead to distrust, to fighting, and to the piling up of more unkind words and actions. False accusations are a violation of the Eighth Commandment, and they threaten a person's reputation, as well as the peace, quiet, and joy of good relationships. Knowing this, it's easy to see, then, why Satan loves to employ this tactic. In fact, it is beneficial for us to remember that the name Satan means accuser. Or opposer. That is what Satan does. He accuses us and he opposes us at every turn, even as he accuses and opposes our Heavenly Father. He tries to get us to doubt God and to accuse God of wrongdoing. And as the father of lies, Satan is opposed to all truth. We see his evil ways on display in both today's gospel and in our lives each and every day. Now, when you are falsely accused, You are in need of something called vindication. In other words, your innocence needs to be publicly shown, publicly proved, and declared. That's what vindication means. You need to be shown to be in the right so that your good name and reputation may be restored. This is the very thing that we prayed for in the introit. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for you are the God of my strength. Looking to the gospel lesson, this prayer would be just as fitting coming from the lips of Jesus as it would be for us who are baptized into Christ. With that in mind, let's dig into today's gospel lesson, where we hear Christ's stinging rebuke to all who reject his word, and we also take comfort in the vindication which is ours in the death and resurrection of Jesus. So here's the situation. Jesus is in the temple in Jerusalem preaching and teaching. There are both common Jews and also Pharisees, teachers of the law, who are there. Some people believe in him and others don't. Those who oppose Jesus are claiming that God favors them because they are offspring of Abraham. They're from his lineage. Just a couple of verses before our reading picked up today, this is what we hear. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Now, did you catch what the opponents of Christ said? 
They accused Jesus of being born of adultery. Claiming to be God's true children, these Pharisees revealed themselves to be unbelievers who belong to Satan. Jesus is teaching them the truth that he is the promised Messiah and Savior of the world. And instead of believing the word of God as it is being spoken to them by God in the flesh, they doubt Jesus and they blaspheme him. Therefore, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus responds to their blasphemous lies with clear, unadulterated truth. These opponents of Jesus are haters of God, unbelievers who are opposed to God and his word. They belong to the devil, and Jesus says as much. These are hard words, but Jesus needs to speak them, and they need to be heard, just the same as they do today. Our Lord continues his rebuke, saying, But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Dear saints in Christ, we see the same kind of bold unbelief and blasphemy today. We must always remember that unbelief, it's not some kind of cognitive problem. It is a spiritual problem. People reject Jesus and doubt his word because of the sinful nature. It's not because they lack intelligence. It's not because people are not smart enough to grasp the gospel. St. Paul explains this saying that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, it is, you need the Holy Spirit in order to properly understand and hear with faith the Word of God. As it was with the Pharisees in Jesus' day, so it is with unbelievers today. People want to believe that God has accepted them on account of what good people they are, or because of some other kind of man-made standard of righteousness or moral goodness. Just look at the religious devotion and fervor that people show towards politicians and political ideologies today. Look at the religious devotion that so many have for the LGBTQ and trans movements. How many people do you know that functionally speaking they worship the earth? That is, they worship being green. Or they defend the murder of, the un of unborn children at all costs. What is behind all of this ungodly behavior and blasphemous unbelief? It is what happens when Satan lies and sinners believe those lies. There is nothing new under the sun. This kind of unbelief has been ever since mankind's fall in the garden. When people hear and reject God's word, they are doing what comes naturally to all human beings because all are sinners. As it is written, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now this preaching of God's law, even in all of its harshness, it reveals our great need. God's law reveals our need for the forgiveness of sins and salvation from the devil, which only God could accomplish. But this rampant unbelief, it is not just seen outside the Christian church. We also see it amongst ourselves, in our own confessional Lutheran congregations and families. Every time the devil opens his mouth, lies come out. It weakens 
in the weakness of our sinful flesh, we are tempted to stray from Christ's word and sacraments. Watching loved ones who have been baptized wander from the faith is painful. Cuts us to the heart. We want them to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. We want them to have and to hold dear the forgiveness of sins which Jesus won for them on the cross. We want them to be with us forever in the heavenly paradise which Christ has prepared for all who believe in him. And our heavenly Father wants this too. Sadly, despite being baptized, many do fall away from Christ. This is not due to a lack of power or grace in baptism. It's not due to a lack of willingness on God's behalf. Baptism is God's work. It is something he does for us, a gift that he gives to us. What benefits does baptism give? It works the forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words and promises of God declare. So it is written in the word of God, and so we confess. We firmly stand upon the words and promises of Christ our Lord in the last chapter of St. Mark's Gospel, where he says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. It is possible for Christians to reject these words and promises of God and so then be condemned. The siren call of the sinful world as it echoes the devil's, did God actually say, leads some to make a shipwreck of their faith. The sorrow and grief that this brings can lead us to despair. And that's when the devil slithers in with his blasphemous lies against God and accusations against you. Did God actually say he loves you? Did God actually say he forgives all your sins? If you had read the Bible more and prayed more with your children, perhaps they wouldn't have fallen away. What kind of Christian are you? Did God actually claim you as his child? Dear saints, against such evil lies, accusations, and blasphemy, we need God's word. We need truth. We need to repent of our sins and receive Christ's sure and certain forgiveness. We need vindication. Where and to whom do we go for all of this? We echo the words of St. Peter and we confess, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So returning to the gospel lesson, the Jews, they said to Jesus, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Jesus never sought his own glory, his father did. And the hour of Jesus' glory was indeed coming. He knew he would be glorified and vindicated on the cross by his heavenly father. Though it is Utica, the fifth Sunday in Lent, we do see a glimpse of Good Friday already today in the intro and in the appointed psalm. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Jesus took refuge in his heavenly Father, and we do the same. In Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, he was vindicated, shown and proved to be right and justified in all that he ever said and did. Even a lowly Roman centurion by faith exclaimed, Surely this man was the Son of God. 
In the midst of his suffering on the cross, Jesus prayed for his enemies, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The light and truth of God's promises were fulfilled in Christ Jesus, who is himself the great high priest, our great high priest, and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like Isaac in the Old Testament reading, Jesus was brought to the holy hill of sacrifice, carrying the wood for the offering on his back. And there he was offered up for our redemption, our salvation. On Golgotha, the place of the skull, the Lord provided for our salvation. Jesus is the promise of God fulfilled. Now, through faith in Christ, you have the full and complete pardon of all your sins. They are all washed away, that gift given to you in baptism and continually by his word and sacrament. Through faith in Christ, you have everlasting life and salvation now, not just In a little while when the Lord removes you from this world, but even now. You who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. You who were enemies of God are now baptized and beloved children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Against an ungodly nation and lies of deceitful and unjust men, we hold fast to the word and promises of Christ. As Jesus said, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Jesus is our vindication. When the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh turn against us, we hold on to Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his promises. By God's grace in Christ, we are declared righteous and forgiven, justified before our Heavenly Father. We hope in God, for he is our strength, our song, and our salvation. Dear saints, the Holy Spirit called you to faith by the gospel and gathered you here this day in order to enlighten you with the gifts of Jesus, his word and holy sacrament. These gifts of Christ, they give you a good conscience before God so that you know that you don't stand condemned, but you stand forgiven, redeemed, and vindicated. Jesus gives you these gifts to comfort your souls and to strengthen faith. In Christ, you have victory over the devil and his lies. In Christ, you have overcome the world. In fact, it was the light and truth of God's word that led you to climb out of bed this day, to come to God's holy house, ascend the stairs, or ramp in this case, of this little holy hill, and to be here, where God dwells with you, where your Lord feeds you his true body and blood from his table. And so may the gifts and mercy of Christ grant you exceeding joy and peace on this day. We now stand among the final days of Lent. It's hard to believe it's come already to this. We overlook Palm Sunday and all that follows. And as we draw closer to these holy and most solemn days, we go forth in repentant joy and in peace as God's vindicated children. And so may the light and truth of God's merciful love be your exceeding joy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the whole church of Christ on earth, that God, who has received his Son again into the more perfect tent of heaven, would give peace in the knowledge that our consciences are purified and our eternal inheritance is assured. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For God's holy people, cleansed and redeemed by the blood of his Son, that as priests serving under our high priest, we may now offer living sacrifices in prayer and good works. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all godly parents, 
that they may direct their ways according to the scriptures and command their children, commend their children to the care of our God and Father. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Joseph, our president, Michael, our governor, and all civil authorities, that our nation would be preserved in peace and all Christians be allowed to live quiet and peaceable lives in godliness and honesty. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all, soil, all souls in turmoil, especially John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Richard Phillips, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that they would receive the vindication of God, trust in the light of his truth, and find joy in him despite all sorrows. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune, that having heard God's righteous judgment and his vindicating absolution, we may be led to his altar to receive the joys of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For courage, that God would deliver us from fear, give us boldness to confess his saving truth, and assure us of his deliverance in time of trouble. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear us, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, once again, good morning. As we look to the announcements this day, of course, we have Bible study and uh, Sunday school immediately following worship. And to that, we do need a volunteer today uh, that would be willing to step in and help out with the little, uh, smaller children for Sunday school. Uh, normally, uh, the teachers that have signed up for today, they're home with sick kids. So if anybody would like to pinch hit, that would be a real help. Uh, Elijah Durham is the um, assistant that will be with you for today, so he's happy to help in any way he can. Uh, but if we could have a, an adult volunteer step in, that would be wonderful. Please talk to Mara if you'd like to step in for that. Uh, also, our uh, newest edition of Christian Culture Magazine is available. It's there on the glass case. We do receive that as a sponsor congregation of Luther Classical College. Uh, some wonderful articles that you'll see in there for this quarter, so please check that out. Uh, looking ahead into the week... We have Theology on Tap this week on Tuesday and Thursday, the women on Tuesday at 7 and the men on Thursday at 7. We have our last Lenten meal and Vespers for midweek this coming week, so please talk to Barb Lyon if you'd like to assist with the meal as it is upcoming. Also, Confirmation Easter and graduation cards are available in the library, so please uh, see those as you have any desire and uh, contact Louise if you have questions. Um, and then also... Uh, and also a note with uh, Sunday School, we're going to need volunteers through May 15th. It turns out that uh, Jocelyn's time will be extended in Florida. She has some uh, wonderful opportunities that she's helping with there. Uh, so please consider signing up uh, through uh, May 15th uh, to continue to teach our kids uh, God's word and the, and the joy we find therein. I believe that brings us to the end of the announcements. Anything I may have missed? All right, we do have the great joy of uh, receiving our confirmands into full community membership next week, so I invite you to join us, and join us for that, also for Palm Sunday as we begin Holy Week. God's peace be with you as you go into this week, knowing that you are God's vindicated children through Christ Jesus. I'll greet you at the door.